Uh, we're going to continue today, and I want to talk to you today about words matter. Who knows that words matter? Words matter a lot, a lot. Uh, we, we sometimes say things that we don't mean. Is that you? Is that you? Have you ever said something that you regretted? Regretted? Then you would know this morning that words matter. And sometimes we say things which bless people. Isn't that right? I mean, my sister, what you said in the prayer room there this morning blessed my heart so much. And words matter. The words that you form in your mind that comes over your mouth, that matters. And the Bible says that we need to make sure that uh, the fountain, the stream where these words come from, is words of blessing, is words of uplifting. It's words. It is so easy to break people down. You don't need a degree to do that. You don't need to go to the university to do that. It is sometimes hard to build people up. To break somebody down, you can only say a few words and you break them down. But if you build them up, you need to constantly re, re uh, build, rebuild, re-emphasize the word, do the word over and over again. And I want to thank the Lord that there's a lot of encouragers in this church, but we need more. We need more. You need to put your hand up for encouragement. If you go around and you see somebody struggling, just go over to them. And, you know, say, are you okay? Can I pray for you? Can I listen? Can I listen? Why do you think we've received how many ears? And one mouth. Use your ears twice before you talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> That's my saying, okay? I've been that. No, I think somebody said it before. But uh, we need to listen before we talk. But I want to talk to you about words matter, and I want to use it in our study through the letter of John. Who's enjoying the study through the letter of John? Now, on Friday evening we had a service and it was so good that Brother Oral preached. And there was something that resonated what he preached. And I want to just read to you one verse, two verses out of what he preached. Uh, because I, thought, I think it's really important for you to understand this. He says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, Therefore we must, everybody say must. must. We must give the more earnest heed. It means we need to earnestly look and listen and concentrate. The, the more earnestly heed to the things we have heard. To the things you we have heard. Today you're going to hear a sermon. I don't want you to doze off. I don't want you to think about something else. There is something about sermons that you hear. Who in this place have heard more than 500 sermons in their lives? Oh, there's a few. I wonder how many you have. There's not an answer. How many of you have listened to more than a thousand sermons in your life? Five thousand? Ten thousand? There's so many sermons you've left. But you see the thing is when you're going to stand before Jesus one day at the beamer seat of Christ, if you're a child of God, He's not going to say how many sermons have you heard for. He's going to ask you how many of those sermons did you obey? How many of those sermons that you've heard when my Holy Spirit came to you and touched you on the shoulder and, and shook your heart and your mind, how many of those times on a Sunday that I came to you have you obey and do? Everybody say do. There's a difference between hearing and doing. You're going to see that today. There's a difference when the words come over to you and the Holy Spirit forms it in my mouth. He uses the breath in my lungs. He pushes it over my mouth. It comes out and I become, an, and the Logos, the written word, becomes Rima, the, the spoken word through my mouth. I'm not God, I'm not the small Messiah, but I speak the words of God. And you need to receive the words of God. And then once you receive the words of God, you need to do the word of God. So we're going to see that in our study today. We read in 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, as we continue now on. We go through verse by verse. He says, this is the message which we've heard from Him. And we declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. That's what God says to you this morning. In the world they are forming so many gray areas. We can't live in gray areas. We need to live either in the light or in darkness. But, but I want to say not we need to live or. We need to live as children of God in the light. In the light of the Son of God. He says it there in 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. God is light. He's not trying to be light. He is the light source. That is what it is. You, you see, light is part of God's character. 
light is who God is. We can't, we can't understand it because all of us when we were born, we look into the sky and we see the sun and we understand light as the sun because for all our life, my 50 and 5 years of my life, I've seen the sun comes up and that controls my life. The sun out there controls your life, whether you like it or not, whether you believe in God or not. But when that sun comes up in the morning, your body starts to wake up. You start to do something. When that sun comes up and you need to understand, I go to work. I go Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. You see, the light, that light has got an influence on your life. It's time, it's time in the spiritual sense that the light of the Son of God starts controlling your life like the sun out there is doing it. You can't deny the sun out there. You can't sit here this morning and you say, no, 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 there's no sun out there. You see, once the sun comes up, there's light. And once there's light, life comes. Isn't it beautiful? The sun brings life. Have you ever sat there in the morning and, and you've got quiet time with the Lord and you sit outside and it's still dark outside? Have you ever sat there and you see on the horizon how it starts getting a little bit brighter and brighter and brighter and you know soon and very soon the sun is going to poke his face out and you see it. But while you listen to that, you hear all of the noises around you, how the day is starting to wake up, Vito. Isn't it right? You know, because the light brings life. Hallelujah. And we're going to see it today because the light, Jesus Christ, is bringing life. Amen. You see, we were born in darkness. You were born in darkness. You were a little cuddly baby, but you were born under the sin, under sin into your life. It was dark all the way, and there's nothing that you can do that brings light until the Son of God brought life into your life. God is light, and there is no darkness in Him. In John, when he writes in the Gospel according to him, he says, In Him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. And listen now very clearly, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, brothers and sisters, dear friend, madam, sir, whatever you want to be called this morning, Jesus Christ is the source of true light and life. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Come on, let's praise Him. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. The answer, the answer to a darkened world is Jesus. It's Him alone that I can preach. I can preach none other but Him. He came into this world to expose and overcome the works of darkness. Which you and I were dwelling in. Whether you like it or not, you need Jesus Christ. You say to me, preacher, it's starting to sound like a gospel message again. You are 100% right. It is a gospel message because He is the good news. You see, He came into this world to expose the darkness, the works of darkness. If you bring light into a dark place, it exposes everything. He exposed the darkness and that includes your sin. And let it be known this morning, sin is not a sickness that you can give a pearl for. It is a sin that needs the gospel. Amen. You are not free until you come to Jesus. You are not free. You may think so, but you are not. We, you see, he says it right here. We should walk in the light and not in darkness. And how do we walk in the light? By repenting and turning away from the dark sin. Amen. And John is now laying this foundation for us for our, for our sermon today. And he addresses an important fact about sin. And that is that sin is darkness. The reason why you are hiding away, the reason why you are creeping away, the reason why you can't come into church, the reason why you can't sit and pray to God is because of that darkness. And he wants to shine his light into that place. I love it when John writes in John chapter 3 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which is so wonderful because the whole Bible was written in that inspiration. The Bible says that this, this word that you've got in your hand is the breath of God. 
you hold into your hands the breath of God. How privileged are we this morning that we don't have to go and seek anywhere else for the purpose of life. But we come to one book, one book, one that will bring us to the giver of life. Can you shout hallelujah to that? How privileged are you sitting here this morning that you can open up a book which is called the Holy Scriptures. It is not only the papers here, brothers and sisters, but once I read the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit inspires into me the words which is in black letters in there starts to becoming alive. Is that happening to you? You sit here this morning and you say, well, it's not happening to me, preacher. I want to bring to you the life to expose why it doesn't happen to you. You're in John chapter 3 verse 19. He says, and this is the condemnation. Can you see that word there, condemnation? That word comes from a Greek, a, a, a Greek word which is crisis. Crisis. And in fact, it's so wonderful because this is the Afrikaans. Who's the Afrikaners in the church? Uh, it's only a few of us. <laughs> you shouldn't call it out if you're only a few. Only call out numbers if you're in plenty, but okay, I'll, I'll leave it there. But this word condemnation, I want you to understand before I read the verse further on. This comes from this word in Greek. It means damnation, judgment, and that's where we get our English word crisis from. In Afrikaans we say crisis. It's expelled in Afrikaans just like that. So you sit here this morning and you say to me, preacher, I've got crisis in my life. It feels as if I'm damned in my life. It feels, it feels as if there's judgment over me the whole time. And it holds me back. Then you need to listen this morning. Then this is for you. I want you to cut off your mind from where you want to go now and concentrate on the Word of God. He says, and this is the crisis. What is the crisis, John? That the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Amen? I'm not asking you, I'm telling you what the Word of God says. There is men, there is men even in the church who loves the darkness, my brother, more than that light. More than that light. And you know why there's so much crisis in their life? You know why their lives never work out? Because they love darkness more than the light. They go to darkness to find the answer. And you will not find the answer in darkness. You will just grope around and grope around, bump your head against the wall every single time. Rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. Do we know that? Have you seen your newspapers lately? There is a hate against the church. But it's not against the church. It's against the light giver. Like, it's not that they just don't like you. They like the one who lives inside of you. Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. Oh Lord, they are hating me, they are persecuting me and all of these things. Look unto Him. Look unto Him what He went through. They hated Him before they hated you. They, they punished Him before they punished you. They expelled Him before they expelled you. They spat on Him before they spat on you. They pulled his beard out before they're going to pull your hair out. They nailed him to the cross before they're going to nail you to the cross. And who are you and I to start and complain about it? Everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Lest the deeds should be exposed. They're always hiding this thing. There's a secret in the heart. You see, whilst you've got a secret in the heart, you cannot come to the light. Because if you come to the light, you know that you will be seeing that secret. If you are sitting here this morning and you say, Ouch, you're coming so close to me this morning. You are offending me this morning. I want to say, praise the Lord if I offend you. Because I want to bring that darkness into the light. The Satan loves the darkness. He loves to pull you to a corner and gossip about somebody else. He loves to put that, that root of bitterness in your heart against somebody else. He don't want you to forgive that person. You go, oh, look at that person. They, it's all the things they've done to me in the past and the things that they said that hurt me. Oh, poor soul, God bless your heart. The Bible says that if you do not forgive, it's a sin. Sin. The unforgiveness is the darkness. And the word wants to expose it and bring it to the light. 
Verse 21 says, But he who does the truth comes into the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. This is is so powerful this morning. I'll just give you the word of God. You see, from the beginning of time, man hides his sin. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. There's many before you who tried, listen to me, who tried to hide their sins. But let me, I want to tell you, sir, madam, brother, sister, he, she, or it, I'll tell you this this morning, that you cannot hide anything from God. His whole character is omnipresent. He knows your thoughts and he knows your deeds. You see, there's only two kinds of people, two kinds of people that we find in John's writing and in the Bible. The one who hides his sin and walk in darkness. That's one kind of person. Do you know somebody like that? And then there's the second kind of person, the one who expose his sin and are forgiven and walk in light. Hallelujah. Do you want to walk in light? Do you want freedom? You will never in your life get freedom until you come to Christ. But even in Christ, you won't have the freedom. You will only have His freedom. Yes? Two kinds of people. You see, light speaks of brightness. It speaks of illumination. I hope I said that right. It speaks of clarity and understanding. I understand that with clarity very well. I understand that. I was in the South African Defense Force, and I remember vividly one day... They marched us out in Oatswurn, okay? You can go and search it on Google Earth. Oatswurn is a very dry place. The army like to go to these places. And there's a lot of small little hills. We call it in Afrikaans kopies. It's not, it's not a teacup, but we call it kopies. It's little hills. It's not mountains. So it's really hot this day. In that area in Oatswurn is one of the hottest places in, in South Africa. They march us out there. Leg, black, leg, black. We all go out there. We've got our rifles with us. And then they sit us down and they say, we want you to look at this small little hill. There is a, there is a, a sign at the top of this hill. It's a pole. They planted it in there. At night time when it's going to get dark, we're going to leopard crawl. Who knows what leopard crawl is? You take your rifle in your hand and you go. You walk on your elbows. Because, you, you know, you, the enemy shouldn't see you. You can't just walk upright. You, you crawl, the, you push with your two knees. You do like that, okay? So they said, this is all the way up. It's run about, I think it was up to 200 meters, 300 meters. So they sat us down. And they said, we want you to look at your environment. Study it. They had us there nearly for two hours sitting in the sun. Some started to complain about the sun. Why are they going to do this? Some looked over this. Some started to sweat. Some tried to, to keep the sweat off your weapon. That's what they teach you. And then we looked at this, uh, this hill. And there's a tree. And there's a tree. And there is a lot of bushes there. Which has got thorns and thistles in. And, and then they said, right. When it got really dark. I'll tell you what. The clarity disappeared. In the day it was so clear. And I worked myself out. I'm going to just crawl in that direction until I come to the tree and crawl over there and then crawl up and then I'll be there. But I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, when it became dark, I couldn't see the tree anymore. Where's the tree? I couldn't see the pole. And we started and they said, okay, you go. So how it happens, they they stand in structures. If they hear you or if they see you, they call you out. It means, you know, in those times you you were shot or captured by the enemy. And off we go. We were supposed to do that exercise in an hour and a half. Six hours later, they were still looking for people. Everybody got lost. I thought I was so clever because I came up to this white thing lying down there. They've got some tripwires there. If you click the tripwire, it is a big bang going up and then they've got you. And I thought this is one of those. And I, I crawled up to this thing and I spent a lot of time feeding my way around where's the wire and it turned out to be uh, uh, um, a what's sculpted in English help me turtle it turned turned out to be a turtle a turtle that turned over and when they turned over in that sun they die and it's white I spent a lot of time there Aaron for nothing 
But brothers and sisters, this is what light does. It brings clarity and understanding. It's associated with goodness, with truth, with knowledge, with enlightenment. And the word says that God is light. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. In John 8 verse 15, he himself says, then Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light. He shall not walk in? Darkness. He shall not walk in? Darkness. Who said this? Jesus. But he will have the light of light. You need to understand this. But you see, on the other hand, darkness speaks of obscurity. It speaks of ignorance. It speaks of confusion and evil. It represents negative, negativity, sin and spiritual blindness. The whole Bible. And, and you're going to see in this letter that John in the first chapters talk about this contrast between light and darkness. In Ephesians chapter 6, we know what it says. For we all wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness. Of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So what is the difference between light and darkness? You see, darkness is the absence of light. What happens when the sun starts coming up? The darkness disappears. Why? Because light came. It's not as if you walk out of here and you say, just hang in there, preacher. There is a candle of darkness in the kitchen. I'm going to grab the candle, I'm going to light it, I'm going to walk into the room, and the whole room will turn black. Have you ever seen that? It will not happen. Because God made it like it is. That darkness is the absence of light. If you've got darkness in your life, it's because the light of the Son of God hasn't shone there yet. Light illuminates and reveals darkness, obscures and conceals. Light allows us to see. Darkness makes it difficult or impossible to see. Oh preacher, you read the Bible, you get so excited about it. I can't see what you see. I understand. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. To bring the light of illumination to, and to open up the scriptures. Light brings clarity, understanding, truth. Darkness brings confusion, ignorance and deception. Now I want you to look at this verse now. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. The writer writes to you and me this morning. He says, he who covers. Everybody say covers. covers. He who covers his sin." will not prosper. Oh, but I know people who are, uh, you know, atheists, and look how they've got a yacht in the harbor, pastor. I know, but they're not prospering. Go and ask those people, and you will see they arrive with problems. Money won't give you what you want. Fame won't give you what you want. Go and look at Hollywood. Go and ask those people. Get one-on-one -on -one to them. Get so close to them that they share their secrets to you and they will, they will be broken. You look at all of your, if you watch your movies, you look at all of your superstars on the movies. Chop, chop, chop. They're all these great guys. They've got all the right words, the, the fans and everything. And you go, wow, that's a life. They're all broken. They're all walking in darkness. If they haven't come to the light. So here you are and you're putting that person on a pedestal and you're putting a person of darkness on that pedestal. You are worshipping darkness. Turn away from that. Come to the light. Why? Because the bridegroom is coming and be ready. Proverbs 28 verse 23. He who covers his sin. That also means he who hides his sins will not prosper. But, everybody say but. My brother, what's that word mean? Sharp contrast. But, here is a sharp contrast. Whoever, whoever, is that everybody in this place? Whoever confess and forsake, them will have mercy. Hallelujah. I love the mercy of God. The mercy. I, I, I want to say it like a Frenchman this morning. I'm going to try, okay? The mercy of God. Yes? I want the mercy of God. 
How do you get the mercy of God? You come and you confess and you forsake. You will have trouble. Listen to me now. You will have trouble your whole life if you don't come to Christ and confess and forsake. Have you noticed these two things here in that verse? How do you confess? With what? Your words. And what is forsake? Your deeds. Obedience. The one is the words and the other one is obedience. I find so many people in the church who can do this very well, but they can't do the deeds. It goes together. It goes together. Now let's go to our passage and I'm just going to give you three, three examples of people hiding sin. In here in, in uh, uh, John, 1 John chapter 1 verse 6 and we're going to read to verse 10. He says there, if we say, everybody say, if we say. What do, we use, what do we use when we say something? Words. Does words matter? Yes, it does. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk, everybody say walk. walk. Can you see there's those two actions again? I think I made my point, don't I? David, I've made my point, yeah? The one is what you say and the other one is what you do. Walking is meaning what you do. It comes back to this verse again. Confess and forsake. You need to, what you say you need to do it. He says, and if we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light and He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and the word is not in us. Can you see this proverb in our passage? Can you see it? Have you seen it? If you haven't seen it, I've got time to explain it to you again. Can you see that he says in the proverb there, if you cover your sin, you will not prosper. If you confess it and forsake it, if you say it and you do it, you will have mercy. That's what he's saying in this passage here. So there's three, there's three ways John gives us of hiding sin. Let's read verse 6 over again. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, what is fellowship? Is what we're doing here today. And walk in darkness, we will lie and do not practice sin. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, what John is saying here, people are trying to hide their sins from others. That's what he's saying here. And the church is flooded with examples of Christian leaders. Who was sinning and hiding it from the people. I think if I just say, throw me a few names, there's going to be a lot of names that you know. About Christian pastors, which were put on a pedestal and praised the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I beg you this morning. I beg you. I don't even think so much of myself to say the following. But never ever put this man on a pedestal. I am a man just like you. Okay, I'm, I'm, you, know, you know, if you want to call me John, call me John. If you want to call me pastor, praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. But don't come and say now you become apostle or a bishop or an... No, no, no. Brothers and sisters, we cannot put a man on a pedestal because the Bible warns us against it. And here we find so many of these so-called superstars and they had the sin, that sexual immorality. But I know of a pastor, while he was preaching from the pulpit, had a relationship with a secretary. That is sin, but he was hiding it. He was hiding it. I think I've got too much experience in ministry. We pioneered three churches and I'm not trying to impress you by that. But what I want to tell you this. In New Zealand, there were times where people come into the church. They come and they sit and they hallelujah and amen and everything. But deep inside, they were hiding a sin from the church, from the fellowship. They were hiding it. They stand there with their faces, but that sin is constantly in their minds. And then eventually, one day, they were caught out and you walk them in the street. You walk down the street and you say, oh, there is brother so-and-so. He's been, yeah, I want to walk over and welcome him, but he's ducking and hiding. Do you know people like that? They walk up there, they see you, and they go, oh, yeah, I've got to jump into this shop. 
very good, yeah. And you know what? It, it hurt me in the beginning sometimes when people did that. And I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, what have I done wrong? Until the Lord one day exposed to me. It's not because of me. It's because of the sin that's in them. And they do not want to come to the light that it's getting exposed. Now, I'm by far not saying that you need to stand up now and start telling the church about your sins. Don't do that. I'm not saying that. These churches are doing that. You only confess your sin against the one whom you sin. And who's that? God. I want to hear about this. If you want to share that and meet to pray over those, there's, there's been plenty of men. And if it's, a, if, if it's a sister in the church, I never counsel a sister alone. I never, and I will not. If there's a sister saying, Pastor, I want counsel for you, I just want to say it out clear that everybody hear it. My wife gets involved. My wife gets involved. I know a lot of them came to me and said, you know, I want to tell you what the sin is so that you can help me. And I counsel them out of the word of God. But I always go back to God and I say, Father, cleanse me from that, Father. You've got to be so careful. But here we see there's people who's trying to hide their sins from others. And you know what happens when you walk in sin? You cannot fellowship with the church. I'm not trying to say go. I'm not chasing you away. Look, if you've got a sin in your life, keep sitting here. I'm going to preach you the gospel until the light shines into your heart. If you know a sinful brother or sister and you want to bring them to this church because they're going to hear the gospel. Somebody said, oh, you keep on preaching the gospel. And I say, yes. Preach it more. Bring the sinners. Invite your sinner friends, your neighbors who don't know the Lord. They don't have to be perfect when they came through these doors and come in here. They don't have to be perfect. No, no, no. I only know of one man who was perfect and that's the Son of Man, the Son of God. But when they come into this place, brothers and sisters, we're not going to condemn them. I'm not condemning them because I'm coming from there. You came from there. It's only by His grace that you are sitting here if you've accepted Him. It's nothing you did well. Don't point and, and look down on them. But if you bring them down and, and they sit here, I want to preach loud, loud. When you bring them, put them in the front row, okay? Fabian, you know I can get loud, yeah? I mean, to the people in the back, it's, oh, he's loud, but to him it must be thunder! The gospel in thunder, amen? So there are people who's hiding their sin from another, and see what happens. See what happens. Fellowship is broken. They do not practice the truth. They say we have fellowship with God, but they walk in darkness, in darkness. But, hallelujah, if we walk in the light, He's in the light, and we have fellowship with one another. We have beautiful senior lunches, and I'm invited. <laughs> so let's go to verse 8 quickly. If we see in verse 8, and, and again, if you look in your Bible, I'm only tapping into the if we say. You see that? Can you see that? If we say. That's all I did. If we say. If we say. I just used those three, and, and He's telling us something here. Look at the second one. If we say with our words, that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can you just give the Lord a hand for that verse this morning? But before you get too much excited clapping your hands, hold on to your seat. Because brothers and sisters, people are trying to hide their sins from themselves. And that is more sad, more sad, than the person who's trying to hide his sins from the church or from the fellowship. One who's self-deceived is the biggest deceivement of all. If you think you are right, but you are wrong. You know, I've had once a man come up to me and he started to talk about things that other people do wrong. And I look at him and I think, what you're telling me is exactly what you are doing. Do you know people like that? Yeah. Be careful that it's not you. Hiding your sin from yourself. You can't see the sin that you're conducting. Somebody come over to you and they say, brother, because the Bible says we need to do that. If you see a brother sin, what do you need to do? 
You go over to that brother and you expose it. If you have to be, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. We are like ors, O-R, that's in the Bible, okay? It's, it's a Hebrew word. I'll, we'll get to that later. I'm just ahead of myself. If we get to that, we are little light carriers of God. Amen? He says, he says, I am the light of the world. And then he says later on, you are the light of the world. So you and I carry the light. So if you see your brother in darkness doing that sin, and he can't even see his own sin because he's hiding it from himself, and you go over to your brother and you say, Brother, in the love of God, I just want to bring and expose this to you. You know why people don't like it? Because they're going to get so mad at you. Who are you to tell me? How many times have you heard that? I've heard it plenty of times in my life. And especially family members. You want to know why family members is so tough on you? Because they know your history. They know your before Christ days. And they go, what? I, I, I talk, I've got six sisters. Not all of them are saved. When, when something happens and I get the opportunity to preach the gospel, they go, who are you to say? Look at your fists, what you've done. And I say, these marks on my fist that I've done is marks of shame. But it's also marks of a testimony. I'm not proud of it, but I can testify. People hiding things about themselves. I want to use this man's example, Charles Colson. Now, uh, you know, I'm not into the theology what he said, but Charles Colson was a former aide to the president, Richard Nixon. Who knows him? Charles Colson, he had the uh, prison ministries. And he was one of the key figures in Watergate scandal, which led to Nixon's resignation that all that happened. And after he was sentenced to jail, um, you know, he, he underwent a spiritual transformation in jail and became a devout Christian. And that's what he found at the prison fellowship and the ministry that seeks to evangelize and, and, and dis uh, disciple prisoners in, and their families. But Colson later discovered that he had been engaging in a form of self-deception. And uh, he found that out where he had convinced himself that he was doing God's work and that, he, and that his motives were pure. And even as he was engaging in unethical, illegal activities, in the book that he wrote, Born Again, he wrote and he said that the Lord opened up to him that he was doing sin and he was hiding it to himself under the excuse that I was doing good, Lord. You know, I'm doing the sin, but it's for good. And he repented of that. Brothers and sisters, don't sit here this morning and know that thing that you do and try to hide it with, yes, there's a reason why I'm doing it. There's no reason. Coming to the light. Coming to the light. Let's talk about the last one. You see, people are hiding sins from everybody, from the fellowship. And eventually, by hiding that sin from the fellowship, the fellowship will be broken. It will be broken. Because light and darkness don't go together, have you noticed? What happened to when the sun came up? The darkness disappeared, my sister. I know you say, oh, wait a minute, you know, I mean, we, we're going to close all of the curtains and, you know, the, and then we're going to close the doors and there's darkness in my house. Yeah, because you let the light out. Hello? But open up those curtains, what's going to do? The light's going to come in. And where's the darkness then? They can't go together. And then secondly, people are hiding their sins from themselves. Let's read verse 10 and then we finish. He says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not us, in us. And this is the worst one out of the three. When people are trying to hide their sins from God. Who are you trying to make a liar? Come on, church, who are you? Don't be with me now. Don't be mad at me now. Don't turn away from me now. Who are you making mad? Oh, who are you making a liar? Who's that? So if you say, he says, if you say with your mouth, I've not sinned. But here is the sin that you are hiding from the fellowship. Here is the sin that you are hiding from yourself. And every Sunday when you come into this church, that preacher keeps on preaching the gospel. And this is why I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to go to church anymore. Because I don't like the people. Well, the reason you don't like the people is because you are hiding that sin. This lady was trying to get her husband to get out of the bed. Go to church. 
says, come on, the children are ready, I'm ready. He says, no, I don't want to go to church. He says, but honey, come on, why don't you want to go to church? Oh, the people don't like me. He says, you have to go to church, you're the pastor. <laughs> That's not me, Brett, I'm here every Sunday, brother. <laughs> But you see, brothers and sisters, this is what happens. We're hiding our sins for the people. We're hiding our sins, although we sin. I always say to people, there's three that know when you sin. God always knows it. Always. And Lucifer will know about it. He's not everywhere, but he will know about it. His, his agents of darkness will bring him the news that you've sinned. And he, he'll go, that's good. Who do you think that, that you are so important that Lucifer comes to you? I hear people say, oh, oh, you know, Satan is having me today. No, 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 he can't. He can't. Different sermon. But then there's another one who knows when you sin and that's yourself. You know when you sin and you're trying to hide it. And then thirdly, there are people who are trying to hide their sin from God. You go and you lock the door where nobody can see you. You listen. They can't catch you. Then you sin. You go into a place, and before you go into the place, you go, is there anybody from church around? I'm in. But what you don't know, because you can't see with these natural eyes, is that there are angels just looking at you. But angels weren't sent to tell on you. Did you know that? Angels were not sent to tell on you. They were sent, if you were in the church, to learn from you the grace and the mercy of the church. And, and they are ministers of God to minister to you. But the one who sees is God. He's there. So you can hide from everybody else. You can sit there and you can have your schemes. You can tell people lies. Listen, let me tell you today, if whether you like it or not, lying is a sin. Lying is darkness. Stealing is a sin. Stealing is darkness. Gossiping is a sin. It is darkness. Unforgiveness is a sin. It is darkness. Am I too loud today, Trish? But man, I feel you need to hear this today, Lord. If there's people in this place, my prayer today is, any which way, Lord, to break through to these hearts, not to lie any longer. He says, if we say that we have not sinned, you are making God a liar. And then you come to God and you say, Lord, I've got this problem, help me, help me. My brother, can you open up for me in Isaiah chapter 59? I just want to say fine. You say, help me, Lord. Why am I so troubled, Lord? Why does things in my life not come right? I'm praying so many times, Lord. I'm doing all of these things, Lord. Help me. Why? He says, if we sin, if we sin, we make Him a liar. We've sinned against God. Let me read to you from Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. Write it down. Write this down. Because it's my second last verse. And you must hear this. Nobody leave this place now. Nobody leave this. Father, I pray that you capture every mind right now. You're sitting, you're coming to me, you say, my life is broken, it can't work, everything I do is, a, is, a, is, is not working, I'm trying this, I'm trying that, I've tried to pray, I've read the Bible, all of these things. I want to come this morning, and this is a serious moment, so I want everybody to listen now. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1, he says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. So the problem is not with God. Can I hear you say amen to that? Amen. amen means I agree. Nor is ear heavy that he cannot hear. Amen? That means when you pray, does he hear you? Yes. Now listen to this now. This is a but that you don't want to hear about. He says, but your iniquities. What is iniquities? Your sin, your lying, your unforgiveness. You look at that person and you, you go, Oh man, I just can't like him, I can't take him. If he opens up his mouth, 
That is the one I'm talking about. But your iniquities, listen now, have separated you from God. He hears your prayers. He says, and your sins has hidden His face from you. Look at me, look at me. It goes like this. He's looking at you and you're crying out. But you've got sin in your life. He goes like hiding His face from you. I wonder if you come to this church next Sunday and you walk up to me and you, you go up with your hand to greet me. Hey, hey, Pastor, hey, John, whatever you call me, whatever. And you come out like this and I go, how are you going to feel? Has it happened to you? It's happened to me before. Not in church. You know, I'm not. Has it happened to you when people reject you? How did you that does not even compare to our sister. God wants to have his baby. But listen now very carefully. But your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face. So that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood of sin and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice. There's three ways that people hide their sin. They hide it from the people. They hide it from themselves. And they hide it from God. Listen to our first father. Everybody's grand, great, 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 granddad here. It's your granddad. It's my granddad. His name is Adam. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And the Lord God is calling to you this morning. And instead of calling Adam's name, he's calling your name. So he said, I have heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. I said it before. I said it before. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is fear. Is there fear where the Spirit of the Lord is? What is there? Is there, is there fear in freedom? No. This man had fear because he wasn't free because he sinned. He was starting to walk in darkness. The reason why you fear God, and I'm not talking about the fear of reference, is because of the deeds. I'm not pointing to you. Brothers and sisters, I'm just going to go over the ABC of, the, uh, of, being, of being born again with you. I decided I'm going to do it every Sunday, okay? I, I decided I'm not going to put it out for a vote. Is that okay with you? I'm not going to put it out for a vote that the church vote whether I do it every Sunday or not. I'm just going to do it. Because here is the thing. I've been to too many funerals. But I hear about people passing on to the next life and they don't know where they're going. And, and I came and I, pr I prayed about this. This is why I'm going to do it. There's no vote about this. I didn't veto it. God vetoed it. Later the form out, I'm going to do it every Sunday. And if I miss it, come to me afterwards and say, Pastor, you missed it. Because there may be people online who connect you. You might sit here today and say, I'm safe. Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm safe. I'm walking in the light and I praise God for you. And I say, keep on walking in the light, but keep telling others about the light, okay? But there might be people even today in this church who need to hear what I'm going to say now. But there may also be people online. And who knows, there may be people coming on YouTube because all your sentences are up there and somebody accidentally comes upon this message. And I want that person to hear it now because if I speak into the future, this is for you. This is for you. Okay? Now, I don't want you to sit here this morning and say, yeah, it's for that person there, right there in the camera. No, no, it's for you. And I give you the ABC. It's not my ABC. I wasn't brilliant to work this out, but it's true. You see, the A stands for admit. Just admit it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to hide it. You've just seen you can't hide it. Admit you're a sinner. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who? All. all. What does all mean? Well, I mean all. That means all, okay? Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, And it is written that is none righteous, not one. That includes me, that includes you, that includes Paul who wrote this word. Nobody is righteous. Admit you just come before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. 
I've sinned. When you say that to the Lord, inside of you wonderful things will happen. You will then realize that you need a Savior. You see, the B this morning stands for believe. That is your Savior. Once you come to the point of sin and know that I'm a sinner, you're going to understand that I do need a Savior. And Jesus is Lord. He died for your sin and He was raised from the dead. Let's give the Lord a hand in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah! Jesus is Lord. He died for your sins and He was raised from the dead. That's what you need to believe. Do you believe that this morning? Don't quickly shake your head this morning. Think about the consequences. Because if you come to this belief, your life will change. You have to maybe give some things up which you liked. And it's not, it's not an easy road. I want to warn you. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if we confess, that's the words with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe with your heart that my God, the God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrated His love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we believe. And then finally the C stands for confess. You confess your sin. Now listen to me clearly this morning. You do not confess your sin to man. You confess it to God. I'm not going to call you out here and in front of everybody say to you, confess. You, you turn to God this afternoon. You go to Him. You know if the Holy Spirit spoke to you today. You go to Him and you say, Lord, I confess my sin. This is what... And if you want to, you can tell every single sin in detail to the Lord. He knows already. But tell it to Him. Confess. Lord, I'm a liar. Lord, I'm a thief. If you're stealing, you're a thief. It doesn't matter if, you, if you've got doctor or mister or, or whatever pronoun you've got. You're a, you're a thief. You're a sinner. And if you haven't forgiven anybody, if you've got a grudge against somebody, you need to confess that. Set them free and set yourself free. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, he says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 10 verse 13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all I've got for you today, brothers and sisters. And I don't apologize for that message. Heavenly Father, if there's somebody here today who your Holy Spirit has spoken to, you know, you know and they know, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will not, not let them go. It's too important, Lord. Eternal life is too important. doesn't matter what age, Lord. Father, we've seen in the last two weeks that death comes quickly, Lord. Father, we want to make sure that we're ready, we walk ready for when the bridegroom comes. Whether it be with the rapture or whether it be before that, Father. We want to be ready. So Lord, I do want to pray if there's one person in this place, Lord, today, who your word has come in and touched their hearts, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit will not let them be, Father. Make them un, uh, un, uh, um, uncomfortable wherever they are until they call upon you, Lord. And let the light shine in and expose their works to you, Lord, because you will give them freedom in Jesus' name. And if they cry out, Lord, your word says there, Lord, they that call upon you, you will save them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody say amen. amen.